Welcome back to Crestor. We're back with episode six after a long pause. We we're sorry about that. We're excited to be back. We've got lots of stories to share with you guys for the reason that we were gone, which was wallops. That's going to be the big meat of our talk today. But uh, you want to say hi, Pat? Hi, everyone. All right. So we're going to skip the weekly wrap up here because we're going to kind of just the whole episode be talking about uh, the last three weeks. Um, apologies for the, the the long delay there again. And we'll go next into thanking the sponsors and followers. Thanks again, everybody. We've gotten a couple more emails over the past couple of weeks um, that have been really exciting to to read about y'all's thoughts on the podcast. And uh, we welcome those. We, we love changing things based off of what we're hearing and what you guys want to see more of or less of. So keep it coming. And with that, we'll jump into our big topic of the week, which is the Wallops recap. So as y'all might remember, Pat and I both went up to Wallops Island up in uh, Northern Virginia on the Eastern uh, seaboard there. And we basically spent a week and a half, 10 days teaching the students how to fly the ball, as we call it, or uh, land on the aircraft carrier using the the little box that's painted onto the runway that uh, kind of simulates the landing area at the aircraft carrier. And we have the lens there, and we basically just fly the heck out of those students twice a day, um, <laughs> build that muscle memory, and we have a blast doing it. But holy cow, it's it's hard work. It's it's pretty scary, pretty stressful, and uh, but it was a lot of fun. And Pat and I had the the pleasure of rooming together while we were up there, so we were able to keep each other on a, a pretty tight ship. Or if we wanted to have yeah. fun, throw back a couple beers, then we got to do that together. <laughs> so it ended up being a lot of fun. It was, but fun. yeah, kind of jumping into it. Um, I guess we can we can kind of jump back and forth as we talk through this stuff. But a couple things I wanted to to make sure and talk about were actually pre wallops. So after we recorded the last episode, but before we left. Uh, that following Monday, I told you guys I would report back on the swim test set that that swimmer sent in that that swim workout, and holy cow, it was awesome! So I actually did it later, like probably two hours after we recorded that episode um, that that Friday, and it was a kick in the gut, and it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to share my results with you guys. So I did I did four times through the set. I can't remember what warm up I did. I think I did about a thousand uh, mix warm up, but I did four times through the set, um, and that set is three fifties free at ninety five percent plus um, with three seconds rest in between each one, and then a one hundred active recovery, and then I did those on a six minute interval. So every six minutes I was leaving for my next set of three fifties, basically, and my goal was to do it. 
six times when I started. And <laughs> by the end of the second one, I was like, there's no way I'm possibly making it to six. So <laughs> I was like, I'm at least making it to four. And that was still very difficult. Um, but the cool thing, like like uh, Swamer described in that uh, that email last time, is that the six-minute interval was giving me about a minute and a half of rest between each one. And so even though you're working like crazy hard, it gives you a chance to drop your heart rate back down. And, yeah. and so you're getting like these really, really good sprint workouts, but then you're actually recovered for the next one. Uh, but dude, they were tough. It was awesome. So huge success there. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good way to um, kind of get ready to go to wallops. And I actually took a break from swimming from that, that swim until yesterday. So, um, like a two and a half week break from the pool, which was way too long. And I'm really happy to be back in, in the pool there. And then, and then I put down that my goal for, for my next one is I am, am hoping to do six, six sets. Like I initially had, had tried to, and I'm going to try and drop my interval time from six minutes down to five forty-five. So I'm probably going to give it two more weeks before I try this again, because, uh, like I said, I took a break from the pool, but super excited about doing that test set again. And then the other thing I, I told you guys that I report back on is my uh, functional threshold power that I mentioned I had, uh, coming up the day after we recorded, I think. And that's basically a 20 minute all out effort on the bike to see how much power you can output consistently over 20 minutes. And then you take 95% of that. And then, uh, that's an estimate for what you can do for an hour. And that's kind of the benchmark to find your, your functional threshold power. And that's, that's a benchmark number to, um, use kind of like a resting heart rate or a max heart rate is when it, as it relates to the bike. And it helps you, um, determine your power zones and things on the bike, which is uh, really helpful. And Let's see. My max heart rate during that was 185. I definitely got to the point where I was getting a little nauseous. I find that once I get to the <laughs> mid 180s, I don't know about you, Pat, but like mid 180s, I generally get a little nauseous. Have you found that? Nah. I, I, I know it's, it's different for everybody. I honestly haven't. Yeah, I I can't. I just can tell that my body is uh, you know, really just starting to fatigue, and my muscles are trying to get um, that build up. So yep. I actually, uh, so I, and I'll talk about it later, but during my trail race, there was a moment where I'm like, all right, I need to throttle back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Once I hit like mid one eighties in my heart rate, I, I generally feel like my stomach's kind of getting flipped upside down and, uh, like I, I don't really get, uh, motion sickness or, or nauseous with anything, but, uh, but that's, that's where it's like, my body's like, what are you doing, dude? Slow down. <laughs> so that was really good. That's kind of everything I had leading up to the time in wallops. Do you have anything you wanted to, to mention about any of that? Yeah. No, I was just doing, I wasn't, haven't been doing any tests still just kind of that, uh, aerobic base type running. So, um, just a couple of runs around my neighborhood. So yeah, mine was, mine was pretty chill compared to nice. Dan going out there just ripping after it, but soon, soon I'll be doing some uh, yep. some fitness tests and I'll be able to report back. We so. we're both yep. doing that five k. Uh, was it next weekend? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, out in Waynesburg, we got a, a nice little fun 5K coming up. Yep. So I'm That'd pretty stoked. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I, and the weather is looking to be very nice. Yeah. So last 5K was heart of the summer, and it certainly felt like it. And this one is uh, a little touch of fall coming. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. Did you notice that today? Yeah. Like manning up oh, the plane dude. and getting out there, just how nice it was? Uh, well, as I soon, couldn't believe it. Like, the wind out of the north and you can you could just you could feel it you know it's just yeah it's good leaves are starting to fall so i feel like such an old man i like literally <laughs> step out and my first thought is like where is the wind out of today yep <laughs> <laughs> but you know maybe wise yeah so yep <laughs> cool um sweet so getting into wallops we kind of yeah. we, we reframed it just, just in case anybody had forgotten since the last episode, what we do up there, what the purpose is. And, um, and so now we've got just a bunch of really fun stuff to talk about both flying and, um, workout stuff. So, um, while we were up there, you, you did a lot of running. How many miles you put down roughly? Um, so it was like 10 days. I probably put... I think I was close to like 50, 50-ish, nice. over 50, 55 around there. Um, yeah, Heck so yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't a lot, but uh, I mean, the one thing was trying to kind of schedule, get enough sleep, because up there at Wallops, right, you, you don't fly like just during the day. One day you could be flying from, you know, two in the afternoon to six and then the next day you you could be flying right like eight o'clock at night until midnight um so uh the challenge of getting enough sleep getting the workout in and uh adjusting to the flight schedule i guess the the thing that would determine what when and when I was able to run would be based off of when I was supposed to fly. Um, so yeah. it was kind of fun juggling that my workouts weren't, you know, still the aerobic, but, uh, I was having to, you know, I, honestly, first I would prioritize sleep. So we had these, um, what midnight blind midnight shades, what are they called in the hotel? Uh, blackout blocks out all the blackout shades. Yeah. yeah. I don't have them at my house and those things were money. So yeah. and I just throw on the little eye blinders and some earplugs and just wake up when my body told me, um, <laughs> which I was still waking up at like seven o'clock. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> um, but, uh, for the most part, I got pretty sufficient sleep throughout the whole time. Um, the one thing is it was so hot. I mean, I was probably yeah. running between nine and noon most days the wind was out of the south, and you're so exposed out there. Um, but that goes back to you know embrace the chaos. So yeah, uh, it's good. The beauty training. of yeah, the and the place we were staying had an outdoor pool. So <laughs> I was like a kid when I got done with my run because I just uh, jumped right into the pool with the biggest cannonball I possibly could do. Um, <laughs> so that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, the running was good, and then. Uh, out there on, sh- we stay on Chicoteague, so you have access to the beach. 
Um, I did bring my bike, by the way, uh, but right, I yep. didn't bring my clips. I didn't bring in my clip-ins. So uh, I just kind of rode it around like a normal a little beach cruiser and got a nice couple uh, beach walks on the beach. One was like two hours long, which was so sick. It was yeah, great. that was on your rest day, um, right? Yeah, it was on my rest yep. day. So I just took my bike out there. It's probably like five miles or so and just went and walked for a couple hours. So it was great. Listened to a couple of podcasts about sleep and other things. And yeah, yeah. it was it was great. I, I mean, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So. Your talk about um, juggling the, the schedule stuff with, you know, going from days to nights, nights to days, um, I, I think that's one of, one of the, the biggest double-edged swords in our line of work is that yeah you, the variability of sk- your schedule from day to day. Yeah. And, and we've talked about that before, how, you know, we can find out at, you know, 6 PM that we have a brief the next morning at 6 AM. Um, and you have no idea that's coming sometimes. Um, but the juggling that up at wallops is a little more difficult because the extremes of, uh, like day and night page. So like we talked about the students are flying twice a day, but the instructors are only flying once a day because, you know, we've got to keep the students safe and, uh, it's, it'd be a little, a little unsafe to have, you know, instructors flying twice a day, every day when we're the last backstop for safety in the aircraft. Right. Yeah. Um, and so basically juggling that when you do go that flight lands at midnight and then you're not getting to sleep till one thirty or 2 AM when you get back, you know, debrief, um, wait till everybody gathers enough people to take a van back to the hotel shower, wind down, get to sleep, you know, you're getting to sleep at 2 AM and then the van's leaving for the brief at, you know, somewhere between nine 30 and ten thirty. Yeah. yeah. 10. Um, and then of course, if you're trying to get a workout in and it's like, all right, well, now I've got to cut my sleep short or I've got to try and work out after the, the day period, which you're, we're doing the, we're landing and then doing our debrief with all the paddles and stuff at like what, 1800. So you're like, yeah. so like 6 PM. So you're not getting back to the hotel till like seven and then sunsets at eight. So it's like, oh, dude, yeah. those days can disappear, man. It's difficult oh, absolutely. to juggle with the schedule. Yeah. It's, uh, that's how I felt on the last day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The day we flew back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always chaos getting out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a beautiful chaos. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, so. the island that we stay on, so Chickateague Island, is uh, a really quaint, small, like small town, like coastal feel. Um, just the one bridge to get on and off the island. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and we stay there with this beautiful waterside view. Um, maybe I can include a picture of that in uh, this uh, the podcast notes or something to show, you, show the listeners what we were looking at outside our window. But it's really beautiful. And then that island has has some pretty good uh, you know roads and trails for for running and biking. So we got to kind of explore all that. And um, even though Patty and I are on different programs, he's at a much faster pace than than I am for for his runs. Uh, we still got to do a couple runs together, which is yeah, awesome. We did. And, yeah, uh, that was your that was your long run, wasn't it? 
for one, one of, of your them. long yep. runs longer uh, my, yeah yeah that was, not your longest but that was i think my 11 miler <laughs> on the second week which was my yeah, long run 90 of the week. minutes yeah and um and yeah we got to we ran out to seaweed road what that we ran into an older gentleman and uh oh yeah it, <laughs> complaining we, yeah it was something we were like how you doing sir and he was like oh i can't complain and something about you know even if i did nobody would listen <laughs> yeah it was a really yeah, fun interaction sh- yeah yeah it was uh it was pretty comical but we ended up missing the road because of that yeah <laughs> well because somebody <laughs> ran over the street sign so we didn't all that too <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah. we were also laughing talking to that guy but yeah it was, yeah, was funny oh that was so much fun and uh oh and i got some some new water bottles uh handheld water bottles that i got to try yeah, out did. those yeah. those were a huge success they're yeah. a Nathan brand, um, and they're really nice because I don't have to actually grip the bottle. Um, the way they're kind of like strapped to my hands, I can just like relax my hands and uh, and run run like that. And uh, yeah, I was super super pleased with that. I've never actually. It's crazy that I've gone through all this training over the years, and I've always just Jimmy rigged the the system with like carrying a a plastic water bottle and just like <laughs> stowing it off the side of the yeah. road so that when I come back that way I can grab it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come funny? on, Dan. I know. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the ultra running scene. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you have a favorite workout, anything that, that stuck out during our time in wallops that just, that took the cake for our, your favorite, uh, workout out there. Yeah. I, I would have to say it was actually my, last run so we we what time did we go into work that day it was like nine right to go man up the planes to go home it's like nine o'clock yeah when we went home on that thursday yep yeah so the night before um got to bed late and uh i woke up it was probably 5 30 i want to say because i was trying to work back to my normal like wake up time yep. a, a little bit and um i was like man you know like it's kind of a quick turn i want to have breakfast i can easily get this run in when we get back home um and i was still i don't know i was honestly a bit dehydrated and uh i opened up my training peaks app and i'm like yeah i think i have five today and i look at it, it's four miles i'm like sold doing it um just just knock it out real quick yeah i was like i'll just knock it out you know like it's all gonna be good and uh over the course of the nine days we're already there i kind of started creating you know as as we all do we create our own little um three mile loops four mile loops five mile etc around whether it's our neighborhood or where we are out for work for a certain duration of time and I had this four mile loop in mind. Um, and as I start making my way east towards the national park, uh, when I get to my first turn, I say, you know what? I'm just going to go straight. I'm just going to go out to the national park. <laughs> the sun's going to be rising pretty soon. So there's this probably quarter of a mile marsh area of marsh. So it opens up and you can see the sun rising. Um, 
And I start making my way out. It's about a mile and three quarters, and there's this older gentleman with his dog. And I realize, like, this guy has been here a long time because he was in the perfect spot where the trees had either, you know, kind of fallen over or they just don't grow in that area. Yeah. That the sun just rises right in between the trees. <laughs> so he, he knew he so knew where cool. to go watch the sunrise. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which I took note of, and I'll totally use next time <laughs> I go out run. Um, and then I like the two mile mark hits. I'm on this one of like a couple bridges that, and it's not really that big of a bridge. It's it's pretty small. Um, the one getting out to like, Ast- Astig Island. Yeah, the one going to yeah. Assateague Island, yeah. the very last one. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go to the top of it. So I went a little bit past the two miles. <laughs> and my favorite part, you know, like as I previously mentioned, I was dehydrated. Someone must have had a water bottle that fell off their bike because I was a little scuffed up. Yeah. And I'm talking about like a drinking water bottle that you get out of a pack of 24. Okay. And a brand new one was just sitting there on the top of the bridge not <laughs> opened or anything and i was like this was meant to be and i just i i stopped my run there and i just watched the rest of the sunrise and i just drink my water and then i go back and i finish up and you probably um, found the bottle that i stowed halfway through my run <laughs> yeah you didn't run that day i know but, um i hope you didn't oops sorry or maybe it was someone else's sorry by the way but thank you um <laughs> Yeah, and then I, I got back and I, uh, you know, did a quick little coffee stop. Uh, got a nice little acai bowl. You yep. know, put some good put f- good fuel back in my body. And, and I think uh, I, I reaped the rewards of that coffee stop and you brought me back an Americano. Because yeah, I woke up like yeah. while you were out running. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was cool. And I met a really nice person at the coffee shop and talked to them for about 45 minutes and almost missed the and now to Wallops to go home. But yeah, that was that was probably my uh my favorite workout. And it was probably more of the external stuff that happened um that kind of affected it. But yeah, that was it was fun. So all of them were good, but that one just kind of stuck in the back of my head most. Yeah. Isn't that a metaphor for, for life and how things work out? Is that you know, it's not the run where you were just like just clip it along at some blistering pace or something. It's it's the run where you happened upon a water bottle, got to see the sunrise, got to find a little cheat spot to get the perfect sunrise view. You know, it's like yeah, all those special stuff. You know, yeah, which never would have happened if I decided not to run that morning. Yeah. So yeah, that's it beautiful. Was fun. So <laughs> how about yourself? My favorite was, well, I don't know. I would say I would say I'm tied because my two long runs the first week and the second week are definitely my the two in contention because the the second one we already talked about where we got to run together down to seaweed yeah. and um we did i think six together and then and then split off yeah. that was just so much fun and we had such a good conversation while we were running and there's no substitute yeah. for that right like just oh, getting no. to visit yeah. Running with people, just like you've said in previous pods, uh, talking about how important it is to join a running group uh, from time to time and and just uh, just give it a shot. But uh, but then the other one is the the long run of that first week. I did a thirteen miler, and that was 
that was just so much fun exploring um not really exploring because i'd seen all of it before but the going out to the national park um there's a wildlife trail that's about about a 5k in uh circumference and and then it has a little spot where you could jet off to the beach and so you don't have to take the main road that winds around to the beach and then i i ran down the beach and actually caught back on the main road and ran it back um so i kind of did a whole tour of the uh the commercialized aspect of the the island there and and then when i came back i as soon as i got out of the uh the park i came off that bridge where you found your water bottle um coming off of Astig to Chicotee and and I see this, this cyclist coming at, coming towards me and I was like I know that guy really? <laughs> oh yeah that was, was me it was you <laughs> <laughs> and you would just come out to check on me and just rode next to me for I don't know half mile no you rode the whole way home didn't you yeah um I like think pr- I pulled off to see if that massage place was that's right yeah if they had any openings but yeah you finished yeah. up so you rode dude, next to me for probably honestly, like, I forgot about that. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> that was dude, so much fun. I, had, I think I only had like seven, seven miles or something. So I was finished up pretty early and I was just riding my bike around. Yep. Yeah. 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 So you just rode next to me for like probably a mile and a half of my, my run as I was finishing up and we were chatting and I was telling you how much I was enjoying my water bottles. Cause that was my first run yeah. with the water bottles. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That was yeah, but between those two workouts, those are my my favorites of the of the trip for sure. Yeah, definitely uh, second the strategy of jumping in the pool afterwards. That that made such a big difference because dude, oh, it was so hot. Was, it, it it was uh, it was good training. Yeah, we also have to talk about the mosquitoes. <laughs> the mosquitoes yeah. are so bad. Yeah, oh, holy I, cow. I I don't know if well so I decided to spray mosquito like repellent on me which I think honestly kind of intensified the effects of the sun right yep because I was like either I'm going to get bit or I'm just going to get roasted a little bit more by the sun because this mosquito spray kind of acts like an hourglass and maybe that's just in my head you want to die but, by mosquitoes or skin cancer? Your choice. Yeah, hey, <laughs> pick your litter. But it was, uh, yeah, the mosquitoes, they could, one of our buddies, they uh, decided to do a run, and there's a trail that goes into a marsh. And that, that was his first mistake. <laughs> the marsh in the summer is like, what do mosquitoes like? You know, moisture. Yeah. Um, and he went to tie his shoe, and this is like day one or two. Remember this? Yeah. It was Boomer, dude. And he came, and as he was tying his shoe, they just swarmed him. Yep. And all that, oh, his legs were got crushed. Yep. And then our buddy Bob. That was awful. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't Bob, know if Bob I just got, got lucky really bad in the first couple of days. Yeah. It kind of encouraged me not to stop during my runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny the way Bob described it. I think it was Bob that was saying that um, he saw a bunch of dragonflies and was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then, and then he had that <laughs> that realization that dragonflies eat mosquitoes, and so the fact that there were a bunch of dragonflies meant that there were a, a ton of mosquitoes. You know, probably millions out there. But oh um, man, dude, I, I probably I got didn't bit. hear that one. 
a couple dozen times. It was uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. It made it actually uh, disrupt my sleep a little bit because I would wake up itching. Oh which wow, is a little frustrating, but um, I don't think it was uh, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Just kind of annoying. Yeah, you know, but that was it. definitely a notable aspect of the trip. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you should tell oh, that yeah. story about going to the uh, coffee shop <laughs> and trying to sit outside. No, Poseidon's right. Oh my! Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> you had me crack it up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's unfortunately the story closed. Um, this is their last year, and they've been in business for ten years. But they have some plant based um, options for sandwiches that you can grab, and uh, I I think I was an I was flying at night, so I you know I didn't have to go in until five five thirty. And uh, I decided to go to Poseidon's, get a nice sandwich. I got, I don't know, what's that? Uh, what's that? Um, water that I was telling you about, oh, Liquid uh, Death. Liquid Death, yeah. Li- liquid Death, <laughs> yeah. Got a cool old Liquid Death water from the Alps. Life's good. Workouts finished. Getting ready to go fly. And uh, I was like, oh, look at that picnic table in the shade. Looks so nice. And I went over there, I sat down, started eating my sandwich, and I just got swarmed by mosquitoes. And I said, I'm not embracing this. <laughs> and I got up, I got on my bike, and I went and sat inside and didn't get, you know. That's the only time I've ever seen eaten you up by the mosquitoes. Oh, I was you're, so upset. I was just like, you're, you're so calm about how you describe it now, but you were so mad when you, you came back. Yeah, because I was in the room when I came back. Yeah, I was like, I am not embracing this chaos. I am sorry. There are certain things. Uh, Maybe I'm big for it, but I didn't get bitten. So. Yep. Mosquitoes one, Pat zero. <laughs> so. Yep. But, yeah. We also got to uh, go over to uh, our friend Bob had his uh, his RV camper out there, and uh, yeah. he brought smoothie stuff, and he's got this Gucci RV, and uh, yeah, he does. I only regret that we weren't able to like spend more time hanging out over there. I but agree. We, yeah. One of the last few days we were able to um, go over there after uh, actually after that uh, long run of the second week where we ran together. Yeah. That's um, what it was. Yep. We got back, uh, jumped in the pool, then ran over to, to Bob's and uh, had some smoothies and recharged and laughed and rolled out in, in his living room. That was fun. Yeah, that was a lot that of fun. Was, that was nice. Oh, that was so refreshing. I wish we did more of those cold smoothies after the hot runs. But Oh, dude. it's That's another it's, pro tip. Have something yeah. nice and cold for you after your long hot runs because it's just like it helps you get through it a little bit more. Yeah. I would. Yeah, something to look yeah. forward to. And then practically yeah. to, you know, have something Clear like a smoothie. Your internal body, yeah. Yeah, that drops your core temperature so quickly. Core te- yeah. But yeah, um, my hamstring has has been doing way better, and I I can only feel it occasionally when I'm running. It's usually when I didn't stretch enough, <clears throat> so that's been a huge win. But uh, I have had a new thing that's been nagging me, and it's actually since since that that run we did together, the longer one, huh. um, I had my shoes too tight, and from some Googling, uh, I think it's my extensor 
that is uh, having just a little bit of tendonitis on my left foot. So like the very top of my foot, the the muscle that like raises your toes. Um, oh wow! Like lifts lifts I guess lifts your whole foot um, towards your shin. Um, uh-huh. And I was I was reading about it, and I guess uh, a combination of things too much mileage increase, which is not the case for me. I've been very uh, judicious about increasing it um, less than 10% even. Um, but uh, but it talked about if you had your shoes too tight, that can aggravate that tendon. So I guarantee that's what it was because I had my shoes way tighter than usual. Um, so that's been... And why that's been why do you think that was? Uh, like, why, why did I have my them? shoes tighter? Yeah. Um, I think... I think I had gone on uh, one of those runs where I went on the beach and I was like, oh, my shoes feel a little loose, like Uh, in the sand. And I think I tightened them and then I just never loosened them again. And so I like just probably put on several you Mid run you tightened them? Yeah. It wasn't on that run that we did together, but it was was like one of the previous days. And so I think I put probably 20 miles in with those extra tight, which... Didn't yeah. hurt my feet at the time, yeah. but uh, I could see how it would aggravate that tendon in retrospect. Yeah. I had, uh, when I did my 24 hour, um, right, your feet, they swell as you go longer and longer. Right. Yeah. And I actually, like, I, I don't know how long I had the shoes on for, but it got to the point where I could feel, um, kind of the, the top of my foot where the last lace is. Yeah. It was actually pinching. It felt like blood circulation was like kind of being restricted. Wow. Because, um, and it, I felt that pain, it almost like bruised that part of my foot for a couple of days. And wow. what I had to end up doing was my buddy that was running with me, um, he, you know, he ran for me. I asked him to run for me for like a couple hours. And at this yeah. time I was like, you know, digging pretty deep. He, I asked him to stay a little bit longer and he ended up running, <laughs> I think six hours with me and like 21 miles. Jeez. Uh, but he, he had a bigger foot and I was like, dude, can I have your hocus? Like, cause he was going home. He had to like go to bed or whatever. Yeah. And I threw, I had to throw on his shoes. Wow. Um, and the shoes I had were already like, big for you know allowing my feet to swell yeah but, but uh, after 18 yeah. hours <laughs> yeah it was sorry swollen yeah, up but, another couple sizes yeah it was, that's uh, wild it was another learning moment so yeah which i actually just retired those shoes this past weekend so really yeah they blew out the inside <laughs> of them started having a smiley face and talking to people yep <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's when they start getting shoes. unruly yeah, you're like, ooh, I wonder why my feet are rolling going down the hill. Yeah. And then I realize it. Yep. But, um, yeah, so, sorry, how, uh, sorry to interrupt your. No, 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 that's perfect. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's, uh, it's been not, it, it, it's been like zero impact on me, except I'm trying to basically get a plan together about how I'm not going to continue to aggravate it over the next couple of months of heavy mileage. So yeah. I've been uh, taking some ibuprofen, icing it, stretching, um, and uh, it's already feeling better. So I'm just dialing back. Um, I cut out 
like five miles from my uh, mileage on running this week. So I'll do 25 instead of 30 <clears throat> um, yeah. and uh, give it a little extra love as I continue to just ice it a ton and stretch. And uh, I think that should be fine, especially keeping my shoes loose and not <laughs> making that same mistake. Do you have two different pairs of trainers? No, I wear, I just wear the one. I I in the past <clears> I've had two two sets. That's a good yeah. point. I should probably get a second. Yeah, because I switch between. I mean, I'm kind of a. I'm not a shoe snob, but I have more than one for training. Well, so I don't even think that's I kinda, snobby. I think that's if you're if you're training for like marathon or ultra, like you probably should have yeah. two sets. And yeah, for anybody who I hasn't heard about that, up. yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong or if you have any additional insight on this but what i was told um by some running experts at a local store here was that and obviously you think oh they're just trying to sell more shoes which is true yeah. but but also yeah. there's there's a lot of logic behind this so so basically yeah. when you do a, a repetitive motion time and time again uh especially for you know marathoners uh, ultra marathoners or switch it to any other sport um you know you're going to have your little idiosyncrasies about how you do things and uh, you're going to be begin to wear down different parts of your body. So like if you, if you heel strike um, and you wear down the heel on your shoes, you know, on a given shoe or whatever, then it's going to wear down that heel uh, and you're going to have more and more of a discrepancy between your two shoes. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, cre creating uh, injuries and stuff based off of your shoes or yeah. <laughs> different heights. Right. Um, but if you have two different types of, or I don't know, I think it's recommended like two different brands because they're made so differently that it basically works like different tendons in, in uh, just smaller ways between uh, between the two brands or different styles. And then uh, if you switch between them, it, it's kind of giving you the the holistic work, which can make a difference when you're when you're putting down a ton of miles. Maybe not as much difference if you're um, just running casually, but. I don't know. Have you, you have any more expounding? I, I don't feel like I explained that very well. Yeah, I, I'm. I think you did it justice. For me, like well, personally, what I do is I have um, I run with Hoka's, which are like a four millimeter drop. Um, they're relatively supportive. They're a little bit more cushiony. And then on my shorter runs during the week, like for example, today was only four miles. I threw on my ultras. And they're a zero millimeter drop. Um, and, you know, I think changing up that the drop, which if you don't know what the what heel drop means, it's pretty much you take the thickness of the front of your shoe and the thickness of the back of your shoe. And if the front is 10 millimeters and the back is 14, then you have a four millimeter drop. Um but yep. if the front is 10 and the back is 10, then it's a zero. It's a zero drop. Uh, <clears throat> and what that means is you're stretching out your calf or Achilles a little bit more when you strike because your heel is allowed to go down to the ground closer, the lower the drop is. Um, yep. So that's what I do. I change up shoes based off of their drop. Um, and funny enough, that normally equates to a different brand as well which it the yep. structure of each brand is a little bit different yeah um so and i i yeah i one way i kind of look at it is like 
and maybe this is not the best metaphor, um, but with a brace, right? Like an ankle brace is good because it helps, you know, support when you're healing. But when you stick with that brace and you keep relying on the brace, you actually damage those muscles that the brace is trying to help. Um, so switching up, you know, like having the brace on, having the brace off will slowly help heal it. That's the way I think it. So switching up the shoe, you take the brace off of some part of your foot that one shoe supports and you know, the other shoe doesn't and you kind of, dude, that is such a good way to explain that. That makes really? so much sense. Oh yeah, that's that's oh, awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, the the other shoe is going to have different bracing aspects. That yeah, you know, and shoe number one compliments. Yeah. yeah, so that's the way. Yeah, cool. I feel like yeah, I learned man. something big there. <laughs> so um, sweet. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's helpful for listeners too, because um, that's I don't think that's a, a common tip that gets out there for the. Uh, Average person getting into the longer distance yeah. scene. So you going to run an Etcetera tomorrow? <laughs> uh, yeah, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In my mind, any any expense when it comes to uh, triathlon is, is always justified. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, injury prevention, happiness, fulfillment. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man. Well, we, we certainly talked a lot about the, um, the training side. We joked about wallops being our training camp. <laughs> like we we're, yeah. we're going up to, we're going up to wallops to, to, you know, spend 10 days at our training camp and, uh, we should have, uh, did you take a picture of the, all the, uh, recovery stuff we had, like the massage gun, the, uh, I know we talked about no, maybe I taking a picture, didn't. but. Totally we we had a, it, it, we had like a, a laughable amount of recovery tools. Like I brought my um, inflatable uh, leg sleeves. That uh, those things are amazing, by the way. Yeah, oh. the compression sleeves. Um, yeah, but yeah, we had two foam rollers. We had a massage gun. We had the R8 roller. Yep, bands, balls, bands. like tennis ball yeah. type stuff to yeah. roll around on the bottom of <laughs> yoga mats. Yep. Bicycles. Bicycles. Yeah. We had so much stuff. Uh, Holy cow. But it was great. It was was great. (laughs) Yeah. Some people brought camping stuff. We brought uh, our version of camping. Yep. All things endurance. I brought my guitar too, which. uh, Oh, that was sick. I didn't play as much as I wanted to, but uh, I'm still glad I brought it. Yeah. That was enjoyable. Some books too. Brought some books. Yep. Um, but yeah, as far as the flying and waving, and, and again, when we say waving, what we mean is uh, uh, doing the job of what we call paddles or the landing signals officers. Um, Patty's just just flying with the students this whole debt, and, um, and I was kind of jumping between the two of um, flying with studs, or students as we, we call them, studs, uh, and then going into what we call the paddle shack, which is this little yeah. uh, mobile mobile office that's you got glass mobile windows on all sides. sometimes it's ac yeah oh my <laughs> gosh that was one of the more miserable experiences of my recent life was one of the first first uh it was nighttime too but it was so hot at night and uh so we're out there there were there were five of us in this this little uh 
I don't know, 12 foot by eight foot uh, mobile, you know, trailer thing. And if uh, that, yeah. And the AC didn't work on this little portable AC thing, which you think, oh, well, we're basically sitting right next to the runway. So we're in the middle of this field. Like, we'll just open the windows, get the breeze. So we did that. And the mosquitoes that we already talked about just swarmed. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we were like, we're going to be out here for four hours. We're, we're not going to have a single square millimeter on our body that's not covered with a mosquito bite. Yeah. So we closed the windows and it smelled like like a a 30 person like men's lacrosse locker room or something you know oh. after after 4 hours with the five of us in there just sweating in probably like 85 degree heat <laughs> it was rough <laughs> yeah well you you had to embrace something so i guess that's it was right. a sweat and i already had my good workout in so i was like all right well here's an extra reason to hydrate so i was just chugging waters and gatorades <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, uh, it's cool when we so when we sit in that thing, we're we're basically like I said, right next to that uh, the runway in that carrier box where where the planes are coming to do their their low approaches or their touch and goes, um, practicing to land on the boat, and we we basically are in communications with them, so we have a phone and we are um, it's called the controlling LSOs, and uh, we're able to basically kind of run the pattern. So we'll have six planes that are doing laps in the pattern. And we've got these uh, at a minimum three LSOs, and then at a maximum usually five that are in this this little uh, trailer thing. And we're watching all the planes and um, and basically doing a simulation of what we'll do on the boat for every recovery, which is um, talk to the planes as they come down and help them land and keep them from uh, doing anything unsafe. And um, in addition to verifying that the arresting gear is, is set for the recovery and that the landing area is clear of any, uh, any people or objects. So we get to practice that at the field and it can be really fun helping the students out. And <laughs> it basically <laughs> takes a lot of, a lot of help for, you know, students, not their fault. It's a really difficult task to learn, but, uh, yeah. but it's fun. Cause you, you notice these <clears throat> trends and, and, and you have to have a keen eye because you need to notice those trends to be able to help the students, uh, you know, because they're they're juggling so many chainsaws up there in the plane. And if you can oh, point yeah. out common trends that they're they're kind of screwing up and, and that they can address, then it kind of helps them triage what they need to focus on to maximize their learning. So it's a really fulfilling part of the job. Yeah, like um, so – when you're referencing where they are in a, you know, piece of where they are in the air, are you referencing the horizon to then say like, hey, they're above where they're supposed to be, or they're below where they're supposed to be? What are, you know, because like, yeah, it's pretty amazing that you're literally just using your eyes and you know exactly where they should be, and like what what the character of the plane is. Is the plane facing left too much? Is the plane facing right? Like, how's that work? Yeah, it's 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 kind of uh, it might be scary to, to to hear for the first time about how rudimentary the process is, but it's also kind of why it's such an impressive craft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's it's totally like like you know cowboy country, like shooting from the hip, just just using using your eye to the best of your ability and like uh, and. I don't know, trying to make a good assessment. So 
So to answer your question, yeah, we use the horizon, uh, which even on dark nights, obviously at the airfield there, we've got uh, references that can cue us into the horizon. <clears throat> um, yeah. And we basically, um, we just, we get a, a feel for if the, if the student is, is uh, you know, on glide slope, which is that line that we want them to fly down to um, the point of landing, or if they're a little too low, a little too high. And then, of course, with a lot of experience in the plane, you've, you've got a really good idea about when you see different motions of the plane, you know exactly what's coming next. So if the, the student shows up on glide slope, so he's at the right height above the ground as he's, he's coming in for the approach, but then you see that the plane just do what we call squat. So the back, the back of the plane starts dropping and the nose comes up. That means he, he pulled off a bunch of power and he realized, oh no, I'm going to go too low. And then he pulled the nose back and we yeah. call that a high hold off. So like you, you basically reef the nose back, which is bad in its own because you didn't want to accept the fact that you were going to go low and you didn't add the power quick enough. So like you can see that immediately from your naked eye and then you, oh, yeah. you give the screaming power call, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you give that over the radio and then the student hears the power. He's probably hearing Patty scream power from the right seat. <laughs> And I'm then, not screaming. Uh, I'm just quiet power. <laughs> as as you're clinching and everything, expecting <laughs> the plane to fall out of the sky. <laughs> so what'd you learn on that pass? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's such a, a cool um, process, especially plane side when you're flying with students because, um, you know, every student's going to learn differently, right? We're all humans. We yeah, all learn differently in, in some form or fashion. And... Yeah. And so it really tests you as an instructor, as a teacher to, to find what it is that that student needs from you. And some students need you to be, you know, the guy who talks a lot, provides them a ton of information. And some people need you just to be silent and let them do their thing. And, yeah. uh, some people are really, have really good analytical eyes and can point out the things, Hey, on that last pass, I had too much, uh, you know, VSI, or I started descending too quickly off of the, the turn and, you know, I add too much angle of bank. And then other students are like, feed me. I don't know what I did wrong. I want to fix it, but I don't know what it is, you know? And we got to yeah. kind of adapt our instructing style to each of those students, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and I think the other cool part about like in the shack of referencing where the plane is in the piece of space, it's, you know, because... <laughs> And I don't know if you touched on that, but right, like in the shack, there's a sense of seniority, right? Like there's different levels of qualification yeah. amongst, even though we've all waved on operational tour, I mean, when we we're deployed, yep. you know, like there's a senior guy who has done eight of these debts and yep. like you're able, is it the junior guy that's normally on the pickle? The pickle is this device that kind of like, you, it's you a, can. You can activate the wave off lights, which visually gives a flashing uh, group of flashing red lights that tell yeah. the pilot that they have to add power and climb. Yeah. Um, but like when the junior guy makes a call of like, hey, this is what I saw, the senior guy can kind of actually help uh, kind of calibrate your eye into being yep. like, yeah, like he actually was a little bit above glide slope, which I think is so cool as well. Like you're oh, not yeah. out there with like a range finder or. Some, you know, laser that shows you where they are. It's literally like 
three or four people's sets of eyes that eventually kind of calibrate everyone onto this invisible glide slope that you yeah uh, it's pretty oh dude it's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating and yeah, yeah like so yeah the guy who's who's calling the pass as we say it he's the one who as the plane fl- uh, flies away he's he's talking to the plane and he has the pickle which is the the device in his his right hand or um that he's activating to tell him to, to wave off as we we say um and then as the plane's flying away he'll then call the pass he'll say you know 632 uh sopco we had him uh too much power on start high in the middle high come down and close at the ramp so he basically started out on glide slip he got too high in the middle and then he worked it down smoothly um as he came into uh the final position there and then there's the next senior guy generally is the writer so he's then documenting that either in a computer or writing it down on a piece of paper and then you've got the uh training qualification uh training qualified uh, lso um next to him and he's kind of the guy that has the global sa as we'd like to say he's he's looking at the big picture stuff so he trusts the other guys to handle the pass to pass stuff and he backs him up a little bit but then he's the one that's that's coordinating which students are going to be swapping in for the next you know uh, uh sets and things like that which which could be very chaotic when weather starts rolling in planes start breaking <laughs> stuff starts swapping around you're managing eight different aircraft but you can only have six in the pattern at a given time it's, it's crazy it's pretty that's cool awesome yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> to your point about like calling passes so the, the whole thing about having your eye calibrated. Um, we generally don't have any issues with, with any of the LSOs or paddles being able to see correctly what planes are doing. Generally, the issue we have is is uh, more of picking out trends, remembering pass to pass that this guy is having the same struggle, you know, three passes in a row. Because um, even the most junior paddles uh, that shows up here is is very qualified and he had to receive the proper qualifications in his previous tour to yeah. even be eligible. And so they're generally extremely competent. Um, it's just that situational awareness. And the thing that makes us really good paddles and instructors is, is noticing those trends and being able to um, notice them quickly and help the students out and, uh, you know, maximize their learning. So that's what we're here for. Yeah. Cause over the course of just a single period, meaning like we fly from, Oh, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. You have, what, like 12, 14 students that you guys are trying to pick up on each and every one of their trends. Oh, yeah. And they're doing upwards of 18, 16 passes each in that single period. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean. And then think about it from the student perspective. They're doing, you know, up to 32 passes a day. Um, so. Yeah. Like they are getting exhausted and you can see that they're flying, you know, they'll be working really hard and then they'll start to make mistakes. And the more mistakes you make, the harder it becomes. Right. So there's just, it's like juggling you, if you're juggling one ball, you're just tossing a ball in the air. You start juggling two (laughs) balls. Okay. We're off to the races. Three, four. Oh no. (laughs) I'm going to start dropping balls and I'm going to start flying poorly. So, um, the students really work so hard and, uh, and this past debt was was excellent. We had a great group of students, um, great yeah. personalities, hard workers, oh, yeah. a lot of fun, a lot of energy. And oh uh, yeah, oh man, every brief was great. Yeah, 
so we brief as a collective so everybody gets in a room and then we one of the paddles uh the generally one of the junior junior guys gets up and and uh gives a brief talking about uh all the basics about what we're going to go do recap and weather and um, the procedures that we expect to see and uh and the students would would just go absolutely wild um <laughs> with with energy uh for for our briefs which gives us a lot of energy in return and uh they'd always play this really fun music uh, leading up to the brief and then and then immediately following the brief get everybody amped up i would say it was definitely an above average uh class for for the detachment yeah but we wouldn't tell them that yeah and, yeah <laughs> hopefully they're not listening to this podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't want to let it get to their heads <laughs> oh man they still have to go to the boat but that's right yeah it was fun and i think probably one of the coolest things from the instructor perspective is just seeing them progress over that course of 10 days yeah um, i mean literally it is it's not completely night and day but it, it's amazing you know what these kids achieve in such a short period of time but they certainly oh, yeah. go through the ringer uh, i mean yep it's exhausting yeah and we didn't have we didn't have the best uh, conditions. We had some uh, tough winds uh, oh, yeah. that made it hard for them to uh, kind of even learn from the get go. So sweet. Anything else to add about wallops uh, from the workout side, the flying side, the social side? Anything that we missed? No, uh, I think. I mean, there was a softball game. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought you, you <laughs> tore your hamstring or something out there going for no, the, one I, of those yeah. throws. That or <laughs> trying not to sprint to first. And, of course, as soon as I hit the softball, I start sprinting as fast as I can because it's just in my DNA. Yeah. But, which Dan was smart, and he decided not to play because. <laughs> I knew I was going to hurt myself. Oh, man. Yeah. I was like, man, the last thing I need, especially was I'm nursing a hamstring back to wellness is is to tear my hamstring or pull a muscle or just make myself like debilitatingly sore because i i don't do any like true sprinting right and yeah, hitting the yeah. ball and sprinting the first is is enough to like put yeah. some serious soreness in the legs yeah i <laughs> got not injury. lucky but just to let it fill uh, you know kind of fill everyone in on what we're talking about uh to break up you know um the training a little on the saturday of the 10 days we're out there so it's like a monday to thursday yeah the midweek saturday will uh or midway through the the detachment will have the instructors versus students softball game um the instructors always win by the way <laughs> even uh, when they don't regardless even <laughs> they don't we still win because they want to pass but uh, yeah, we also like we have these nice softball bats that you know, like, <laughs> probably some of the, the instructors bring from their adult softball leagues, and then <laughs> we have the students playing with these super old like rolling bats that you'll find in your garage from when you're a kid. Yep. Uh, but it's all it's all just you know it's a camaraderie thing, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. We find one of the couple ball fields on the island. Uh, <clears throat> it was probably the longest national anthem that I ever heard, as well, which was people <laughs> they, they getting... picked like the Jimi Hendrix 
<laughs> the Jimi oh Hendrix like Woodstock national anthem. It was probably like eight minutes long, and <laughs> everybody was, was standing there eating alive, getting <laughs> yeah. eaten alive by mosquitoes. And oh, and it had just rained, and it was so hot. Oh yeah, and they decided to pick a field that had no shade. So <laughs> it was awesome, but it was for America, so it was totally worth it. Yep. But, that was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think we, you know, pretty much talked about everything that took place at Wallops. So yeah. I look forward to the next one. It's right around the corner, man. We'll be back out yeah. there in November. Yep. Which is, is right around the, our race. The capstone for our our race. You have yeah. uh yeah. Is your race is during Wallops, right? It's yeah, it's that Saturday. It's it's the so, Saturday, yeah. Yeah. So you're so not gonna be playing I'll softball. To go, you're gonna be running uh, a marathon. No, I'll be uh, I'll yeah, I'll hopefully be done with the marathon by the time softball yeah. starts. And then the following weekend, I yeah. so I think I'm gonna go back a day early from the detachment. I'm gonna leave a day early to catch my flight yeah. to Arizona for my Ironman. Uh-huh. The the fall, very following week, so that's gonna be an uh-huh. exciting, exciting time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we'll be able to report back with that. So. Yeah, we're gonna have to schedule like a three-hour episode for that. Oh <laughs> Wallops God. plus be so much marathon fun. plus Ironman. Yeah. But yeah, and then following, I mean, once we finished up at Wallops, you know, we had that was a week ago. A week ago, we got back. Yep. Yeah, and, and I'm a- sure you're asking, why did you not record a week ago when you got back? Yeah, tell us why, Pat. Yeah, well, um, so awesome, uh, awesome yeah, adventure was, you went on. Yeah, I, you know, I, I had my trail running itch, so I decided to break away from my training. No, I, I, I had coordinated this prior, but um, no, I made it out to Damascus, Virginia. So I literally got home uh, Thursday afternoon around you know two or three, four o'clock. Started packing up my stuff for the mountains, and the next morning I. Uh, Headed out with a couple friends and a couple other families, and we stayed in these really cool cottages off of the Creeper Trail, which is out in southwestern Virginia. And uh, there is the Iron Mountain Trail Race, which has four races, um, and the four races are broken into distances. So one is 16 miles, one's 30, one's 40, and one's 50. Um, Last year, I, you know, I would, I was lucky enough to do the fifty miler, which was absolutely amazing. Um, uh, but with training for marathon this year, and you know, trying to not upset my coach too much, um, <laughs> but he's completely understanding, and you know, he gets it. Uh, he allowed me to. We came to a mutual agreement that I'll do the sixteen mile because I totally would do the thirty and almost did it. But uh, I was yeah, wondering if you were going to make a last minute switch. Dude, oh, I was so <laughs> close. But I'm glad I didn't. Um, yeah, so we got out there Friday afternoon and then Saturday morning. Um, the race started at 8, which is nice. And it was great. The first five miles. So it starts like there's a little um, pavilion park that's right off the Creeper Trail. And what the Creeper Trail is, it was actually an old railroad track that uh, for miners, and it worked its way out from like the very far southwest part of uh, Virginia, and uh, it goes 33 miles, 33.3 miles, I think, uh, like almost 
east southeast towards the North Carolina border, and uh, they kind of converted it into this crush and run trail that you can literally uh, just run or bike. And the reason they call it the creeper is because it slowly creeps up the mountain. Uh. Um, they pretty much just followed the riverbed, which is also great because you're running along this beautiful river. And yeah, That's incredible. I uh, got to do 16 miles out there and it was supposed to be a zone two, but you know, when, when <laughs> the clock started and your watch might people have started going. <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason I couldn't read my heart rate. I just went off of my, <laughs> if I saw it, a smile on my face, which I had a smile oh, on my amazing. face for all 16 miles, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was sick. It's a nice five mile on the creeper trail. And then you jump onto what's called iron mountain, um, trail. You do this good climb. It's probably like twelve hundred plus feet of climbing for like holy cow, like two and a half miles, which I was so stoked to do because I haven't climbed in so long. But I totally felt it like two yep. days later. <laughs> I bet. Um, and uh, yeah, you go out about another. I think it was. It's about another six miles, and um, when you transition from the. Uh, creeper trail onto iron mountain like single track trail there's a little aid station there and then six miles later you have another aid station and uh that's your turnaround point and then if you're doing the 30 40 or 50 pretty much you're going out and back um Uh, which sometimes doesn't seem so compelling but i'll be honest when you're doing it out and back it truly is like two different runs because your point of view is like in a 60 degree 60 to 90 degrees of vision and you're not seeing anything behind you as you're running so when you turn around and you come back it's almost like a completely different trail um yeah so yeah i turned around and uh there was this young kid that i kind of running with and uh i turned around and he was going up the mountain and i didn't see him ever again but i tried to catch him but there was no (laughs) chance uh but yeah, it was fun. There was, um, because I had run it last year, I kind of remembered sections and, uh, yeah, there was this one last climb before the pretty good descent. Um, and that's when my heart, my heart rate, which for some reason I couldn't see my heart rate, but at this point I did, um, <laughs> it was, it went up to 180. I'm like, all right, throttle back there, kid. Nice. And I uh, started just power hiking. I, I, I did power hike certain sections, but, uh, Oh man, it was so great. And funny enough, I, I saw a friend of mine that I ran high school cross country with. Wow. Yeah. And, um, she's out in Blacksburg. I think she was a year, two years behind me, um, in cross country, but it was, it was good to see a familiar face and, uh, um, she had been out in Colorado and, uh, I saw her on heading back. And uh, I love what she said. Uh, I just said, like, hey. And she's like, this is sick. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> this is great. This is so much fun. Um, yep. Which, But I, I think what, you know, the beauty of this trail race is it's all volunteer-based. Um, the... If you sign up within the first 10 days, it's only $30. And that's $30 for oh, wow. the 16, the 30, 40, or 50-mile option. Um, you have the option to buy a T-shirt if you would like. Um, 
but the prizes, which if you're first female, first male, and then I believe they do, um, uh, what's it for the, um, masters. If you're, if you're oh, also yep. like first masters, they have this beautiful handmade pottery glass and it says like first female 60 miler 30 40 50 etc and uh which is and that's all donated from a local pottery and then for anyone that finishes you get uh fresh baked goods so (laughs) um there's local pastries uh there's also fresh baked bread which is exactly what i got and then local preserves as well um that's amazing and then uh another part that i like is uh at the end they have this thing called the iron man challenge i think it's called iron man it might be a little bit different but uh if you it's completely volunteer but you have five minutes to do max pull-ups max push-ups and max sit-ups after and i love that is that five minutes for pull-ups five minutes for push-ups or you just like do all three and within yeah the in whatever order you want to do okay so um and it's a little sketchy because you're doing pull-ups on this swing set oh and it's not like a lowest swing set so you have to step onto the swing not fall and then like get up oh on there's the not even like a little step ladder or something oh no i mean you get to use a swing which the swing is like not stable at all and then <laughs> yeah. the pull-up bar is like two inches in diameter not to um, mention you're stepping on the swing after having just finished 16, 30, yeah. 40, 50 miles. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which it was Exhausted. a much easier decision this year to do it after 16, but yeah. I don't, I, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, and then how'd you do did you hit your goals for uh, your, uh, Ironman numbers? Uh, I didn't, I just kind of went until fatigue. So yeah. it was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, the numbers were pretty low. I think I did 17 pull-ups. Only 17 pull-ups after a 16-mile like, run? Come on, Patty. And, yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> slacking. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was great. And then it's kind of sat around. And it, it's cool because it, then it's like a picnic after, and you just wait for the other runners to come back, and you cheer them on, and, you, you know, you just – you talk and it's like one big old community so that's yeah. amazing <laughs> and then the following days we just hung out around the campfire got some more runs in and and then i came back to reality yep dude what a <laughs> Which, great way to spend labor day though oh it was so cool um yeah when we came back on monday i decided to run in damascus that day and then the f- next day was tuesday and it was just so muggy and I definitely had, uh, I missed the mountain there. Oh. Yep. It'll get yeah. spoiled. Yeah. But I was just thankful to go out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about you? How was, how was, how was coming back from wallops and everything? Dude, it was good. I, present. mine was, uh, entirely, entirely opposite of what you did. I, I actually took the weekend, like almost entirely off of working out. Um, cause I don't know. Last week I just, I started to get into like a funk and I was like, you know, I feel like I'm maybe mentally overtraining a little bit 
or I could just use a, yeah. use a little break. And yeah. it kind of came in concert with, um, I started grad school last week. So, um, working on my master's in applied math and <laughs> I got to start that out in wallops, which is yeah, a lot why of fun, not? but kind of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cause there's just no time to do anything. Not to mention I'm, I've got this ambitious workout plan, like, you know, but, uh, but that's basically what I used this past weekend for. Um, all my first assignments were due this past Sunday. And so I, I basically just took the long weekend and was like, all right, let's knock out all this stuff for this week and let's get ahead for next week because that's the way I work uh, when it comes to academics is I, if I'm, if I'm like on pace with assignments, I'm behind, like in my mind, I'm the guy that yeah. finishes, you know, papers that are due in a couple of months. I'll, I'll finish a rough draft, like, you know, two months early, <laughs> just so I have plenty of time to edit it and take it to the writing center at the academy or, you know, what have you. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I basically lived at uh, Stella's coffee shop. Um, nice choice. Hanging out, which is cool because it's open till 10. So I was able to just like sip yeah. on coffee and I didn't make the switch to beers. I could have, but uh, I wanted to keep sharp for, for uh, what I'm, yeah, yeah, learning some uh, linear algebra and brushing up on my matrices and stuff like that. But, um, but no, I've, I've really enjoyed the, uh, the two weeks now, I guess, of, of, of grad school and, uh, it's going to be a busy couple of years, but, uh, dude, it's, it's just, it's one more fun thing to juggle, you know, I, yeah. oh, absolutely. I enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, it was nice taking that break and, uh, from working out and kind of focusing on, you know, working just as hard, but on academics instead of, uh, you know, fitness and then hitting it hard coming back into this week. I, um, what's today? Thursday. So on Tuesday, Monday, I did some light stuff. Tuesday, I did my long run for the week, which, uh, was a little shorter again for my, um, extensor, uh, tendon on my foot. Hopefully help that out. I just did 10, um, had a lovely run around, uh, ODU, the, the nice. college, local college here. And, um, it was really beautiful. Uh, ran around the, uh, Elizabeth river trail as well. Um, kind of explored i'd never been that far north on that trail before so uh that was a treat wow that surprised me yeah well i think i i I can't remember if i told you but uh recently it was only recently like the last couple months i found out that the the trail extended north past like uh bench top and all those that area (laughs) i thought it ended in that little park right there so anyway that was that was quite the pleasure and uh yeah, just enjoying coffee shop time and stuff, and then uh, and then crushing the workouts. Getting back into this week, uh, got a good like five miles of swimming in between yesterday and today. Loving being back in the pool. Wow. And uh, and then like sixty miles on the bike in the last couple of days, just like getting the miles back in. But yeah, it's feeling good. My body's feeling That's amazing. Cool. Minus my uh, you know foot, just nursing that back in. Yeah. That re- yeah. that definitely revitalized me um taking a little time off and that was a good reminder to listen to your body and and again, we talk about this all the time but but uh missing a couple miles isn't going to injure race but overtraining and hurting yourself will. So Absolutely. that's what I keep reminding myself. 
sometimes your eyes get big looking at those miles and you're like, ah, I just, I just have to push through it, which is a really helpful mentality when it comes race time and through most of training. But sometimes the brain needs to, to win over, over the heart and uh, decide not to, not to go after those miles. Cool. Um, holy cow. We got to talk about so much stuff there. Um, <laughs> we actually, we had a bunch of other things prepared for this episode, but, um, Pat, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest we save these for, for next week because yeah, we've got so it. much good content here. We're at an hour and 20 minutes. Holy cow. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you guys enjoyed that mega update from the past three weeks. And, uh, and we'll, we'll have some really good content, uh, ready for you next week. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was wallops and our adventures we had up there and, and how much fun, you know, being Navy pilots can be, it's an adventure. Yeah. It's not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. What, what do you, what do you like to say? Uh, not terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I love not how terrible. you say that. We'll, we'll look at like the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen and fat ale go, yeah, not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. Cool. Any saved rounds? Anything we, we missed or brushed over? I don't think so. I think we kind of dug down on everything. Nah, I'm uh I'm glad we decided to not to do this tonight. It's been like yeah. it's been so hectic. I mean, gone for fifteen days and then we get back and this week and is... on the morning, I'm on the afternoon and like Yep. And I we've been flying like land. every single day. Oh yeah. 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 And like I wasn't supposed to be done. It's right now it's eight thirty at night and I was yep. supposed to what be done around seven thirty. And we're like, man, we're gonna have to push into late night. But uh thankfully I was able to get back a little bit early and yeah, it yeah. You know, just Heck yeah. to be back at it. Yep. So, it's been nice. The yeah. the hurricane schedule has been uh <clears throat> obviously exhausting, but it's always fun. Like that's obviously what we're here to do, you know, fly and instruct yeah. and it's, it's a beautiful thing, but holy cow, it'll wear you out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had some deep sleep. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. I'm looking forward to some of that tonight. Oh, well, did we have fun today, Pat? Oh, I had a blast. Um, yeah. Three weeks was long, but, uh, I mean, I had so much energy coming into this and it was oh, yeah. just fun to get back at to it. So totally. Hopefully everyone, I've enjoy, been, hopefully everyone enjoys this. So for yeah. sure. I've been How about yourself? itching to record this. Absolutely itching. I've yeah. been so excited to um to get back and fill everybody in. I I just feel guilty that it took us so long to um to get back to record the pod. But that's just yeah. how life goes, man. Like yeah. I don't think we had an opportunity in the past week. <laughs> No, no, but it was funny. Actually, I got a, a text this morning from a friend and they took a screenshot of Crester. Oh, yeah. Just showed episode five. And I said, <laughs> where's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've gotten so many questions about that. It's like, wow, it's yeah, exciting because, like, you know, it uh, it's encouraging to have people uh, excited to hear the next next one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're excited to record fun. the next one. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. So sweet. Well, thank you guys right for on. joining us on this adventure. 
sorry for the extra long one. Hopefully that helped you get through a drive or a, a run or, or the dishes or something. But uh, with that, <laughs> we'll go ahead and sign off for now. We'll see you later. See you guys.